Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Big Ten Powerhouse Podcast. This is podcast number eight. We will be looking at Nebraska and Northwestern um, today. Our basic uh, concept here, as we start getting closer to the season, we're about, uh, what, 38 days or something. Uh, Brian's running the the countdown on our site. But um, as we start to get closer, we're going to be looking at two teams um, for each podcast, and we're moving in reverse order of their conference record over the last five years so basically weakest to best last time we did Rutgers and Penn State this time we're doing Nebraska and Northwestern we have a a few people on here um guys can you hear me I'm here yeah okay Okay, uh Jeremy why don't you introduce yourself first uh you were on here last week with us Sure thing. Uh, again, my name is Jeremy Haynes. Um, I write for Big Ten Powerhouse, and currently I'm covering uh, Nebraska and Michigan State. Okay. Uh, Alex, are you here? Yep. Yep, um, I'm here. Okay. I, uh, my name is Alex Cook. Um, I I guess I'm a retired blogger, kind of in between projects right now, but uh, um, Thomas hit me up and asked me if I wanted to talk some hoops and I, you know, wanted in. So here I am. <laughs> okay. Um, David, are you here or Jason? I sure, I sure am. Yep. Okay. Yeah, why don't you yeah, introduce cover, yourself? Yeah, you bet. My name is David McGee. Uh, I cover the University of Nebraska Athletics for coronation.com and uh, I do the photography over there and I also cover basketball, men's basketball for them. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Jason, are you on? Okay, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah, I'm Jason Doro. I wrote for BT Powerhouse for a while, um, almost last year. <laughs> now writing over at Inside and You, um, where I cover Northwestern Wildcats basketball and football. Okay, well, we um, I think this might be the biggest the biggest podcast we've had so far. So uh, you guys can feel uh, lucky. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess what we're gonna we're gonna do is go through uh, both teams. Um, we're gonna jump on with Nebraska first. Um, why don't we go around and just get some uh, you know general expectations? What what you think out of this team this year, um, Alex? Why don't we start with you? Um, you know, after last year, you know, Nebraska kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Tron Petaway obviously um, was probably the Big Ten's best newcomer. Um, and they made the tournament. It was great. It was awesome. Um, the nation kind of was introduced to Tim Miles, which is cool. He's an awesome coach. Um, but, you know, I'm wondering, you know, if they're going to be able to keep it up. Their uh, conference efficiency margin was sixth in the league, and they finished fourth. Um, they had a really easy uh, conference schedule. Offense wasn't that great. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, if they're able to keep it up, kind of build on the momentum, or if they're going to backslide a little bit. Um, the good thing is everybody's back. 
and they have uh, one of the best home court advantages in the league, which is just crazy to think about. Um, the facilities are awesome and everything, but yeah, you know, I'm just uh, Nebraska is kind of one of the more puzzling teams for me because I'm kind of wondering how much of last year was a mirage. Um, if they're if they've really arrived as a, a player in the Big Ten, um, I don't. They're not going to challenge Wisconsin or anything, but they can certainly break into that uh, you know tier right beneath them. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, um, those types of teams. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm it's I'm just. I guess I'm most curious about them out of all the teams in the league to see, you know, what they can put together on the heels of last year. Okay. Um, David, why don't we get your uh, thoughts? David, can you hear me? <laughs> oh, we might have lost him. Um, all right. Well, uh, Jeremy, what what are your thoughts on Nebraska? <laughs> I really like Nebraska this year. Um, I actually uh, buy into pretty much everything they did last year. Um, now, they did catch some lucky breaks in terms of their scheduling and also uh, within some individual games, um, but I think they're going to grow from that experience. Uh, they do return uh, Petaway, Siobhan Shields, and Walter Pitchford, a really rangy power forward that can shoot out to the three-point line that I really like. Um, it's kind of a, maybe an even slower Christian Watford type of player. Um, they also uh, brought in Moses Abraham from Georgetown, a uh, big um, redshirt senior uh, who is a graduate transfer from that program. So he's going to be able to play uh, right away, and I think he'll have a big impact on their front court. Um, Ty Webster last year uh, wasn't that great of a player, but he did get to spend a lot of time on the floor, and he also played with the uh, Australian national team this summer. Um, I expect him to have a big sophomore season, and uh, even though Nebraska's um, schedule isn't quite as good, I expect them to hold about steady. I see them around fifth in the Big Ten. So, Okay. Um, I think – I think you got that a little. I think it was New Zealand, actually, but uh, same same area. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, David, are are you back on? Oh, I guess not. Uh, I thought he was back. Uh, all right, uh, Jason, do you have any thoughts on Nebraska? Um, well, I think Nebraska is the real deal. I think they should be able to do exactly what they did last year, if not better. Um, just Returning those main guys in Pitchford, Petaway, and uh, watching them in Welsh Ryan last year, I thought they were pretty impressive how their offensive or their offense flowed. They got good shots, and the schedule's not too bad this year. Just one against Ohio State, one against Michigan State. So I see them again, yeah, right around fifth in the Big Ten. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think my thoughts are kind of the same. Um, I'm kind of with Alex on the. Uh, the whole I don't I don't know if they were quite as good as their at least their record showed, but um I definitely think they are making progress and I mean it's hard to see them at least quality wise taking a step back in my view. Um, you know, maybe they drop a few more games, but I don't know. I, I think, you know, in the efficiency markers and Ken Palm and stuff, I I'd be surprised if they drop off much. Um yeah, at least that at least that's my thoughts. Um I guess we'll give it one more try. David, can you hear us? 
All right. I guess we're having some problems with this. Maybe his phone's cutting out or something. But uh, all right. Why don't, why don't we jump into the guards here? Um, Nebraska, not necessarily Nebraska's best position last year, but some interesting guys um, that we've already jumped on. Um, Alex, why don't we why don't we get your take on them? Yeah, I'm really um, concerned about their uh, point guard play. Obviously, last year they lost several bigs midseason. Um, Ty Webster really, really struggled. You know, he came in with a little bit of hype um, from the international folks on the recruiting scene, but um, he didn't play very well. Benny Parker um, he's probably best suited off the bench as a uh, change of pace guy. Um, love his defensive intensity, and I mean, um, but his offense isn't quite there. So the point guard position a big concern. Nebraska finished, what, 338th in uh, team assist rate last year, which is really bad. I I think that's the biggest reason for their offensive struggles. You know, they didn't really do anything other than just kind of have Teron or uh, Siobhan create for them. Um, But, uh, so, yeah, and Ray Gallegos is gone from the shooting guard position. Um, He was one of the few guys that could shoot threes. Obviously, Pitchford um, is kind of a stretch five, is a is a huge threat from there. But Gallegos is gone. Um, I think I think we're going to see uh, Petaway as kind of the wing role two three hybrid, and his usage rate is going to be absurdly high again this year. He's probably going to you know contend with uh, Frank Kaminsky for Big Ten Player of the Year, you know, along with some other guys and. It would be nice to see him kind of rein in his shot selection a little bit, but at the same time, I guess his shot creation is his best attribute, so it's kind of a fine line there between kind of letting him do his thing and, you know, reining in some of the bad shots. He didn't shoot very well from three. So I think I think the biggest question for Nebraska's backcourt, um, they play good defense. You know, they, they are able to work in a team scheme very well on that end, but um, assists and then, you know, three-point shooting, uh, I think those are some big questions for him. Okay. Um just j- David, can you hear us? Um if you if you if you can't, uh just chime in anytime if you if you're able to. <laughs> um yeah, uh Jeremy, what's your what's your thoughts on Nebraska's backcourt? Their backcourt for the most part is going to be in a lot of trouble this season. Um the Big Ten doesn't have great this year, but there are a lot of great guards in this conference. Um, defensively, they have a chance. Uh, Ty Webster is at least pretty large, but he needs to show a lot of improvement from last season for them to have stability at the point guard position. Um, if Teron Petaway is able to be that sort of point forward, uh, that can take some of the load off of Ty but I don't really think that was one of his strengths last year. Um, I think Petaway had a little bit of turnover issues at times, so you probably wouldn't want to put him in that role. Uh, outside of the point guard, I, I do like Shields um, and his ability to be like part of the backcourt. Um, he's a really good ball control player and can also create his own shot a little bit. The, you know, Pitchford can even dribble a little bit. So in Petaway, Shields, and Pittsburgh, they at least have players that can create shots for themselves. But, again, that's the uh, offensive efficiency issue that they had last year because you can't have a lot of guys playing isolation basketball and have an efficient offense. Um, If Webster can take a step forward, that would help them out a lot, and that would be the chance they have to advance beyond that fifth place, fourth place, 
area and to the top three teams in the conference, but it's pretty much all on his shoulders. Okay. Can you guys um, hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Hey, <laughs> all right. Sorry about hey, that. Hey, you're back. <laughs> no worries. Um, here, why don't, why don't you jump in? What are your thoughts on uh, general Nebraska this season and the guard play? The guard play. Well, um, I think – people are pretty confident in the guard play. I know you heard, I just heard you talking a little bit about some of those defensive liabilities, especially from Webster and, um, and, and Petaway. And I think those are real. Um, Petaway sort of has a tendency to take negative uh, plays on one end of the court to the other, to the other side of the court. And so he has a little bit of the mental game, I think, to work on. That's his biggest area. Um, and when he, when he's able to control that, uh, is really when you see his game take off. So if he can, if he can, sort of figure out how to get past that, I think that'll really help him, especially defensively. So uh, I, I think the experience that, that Webster got in the FIBA tournament will pay big dividends. I mean, it's not many college players that get the chance to go guard Derrick Rose and and some of those elite uh, players in the world. So I, I, it sounds like he's playing a lot more confidently. Um, from the early reports that we've seen since he's come back. So, uh, uh, I mean, Parker, and then you look at, you know, a guy like Benny Parker, um, who that's what he did with defense. Um, defense was his thing. So um, it, it'll be remain to be seen. I think that's definitely an area that Nebraska can grow in going into this season uh, and take a step forward if they want to maintain where they're at in the Big Ten. Okay. Um, Jason, do you have any Thoughts on the guards for Nebraska? Uh, I won't touch on it very long because obviously I mean, they seem to cover it pretty well, but I agree with Jeremy in that <laughs> I don't think Petaway can become the sort of point forward for them. I think they need to find a better option than that. If they do find a viable option, whether it's Ty Webster or something else, um, I think they could be very dangerous in this Big Ten. I'll, okay. I'll ask um, you, did they like this? If I can, that they like incoming oh, freshman Aaron Smith. They like him a lot mm-hmm. too, and so if he can take some of that burden at point, that would free up Webster and Pittsburgh to jump in on the two and three, and not have to rely on starting the offense as much. Yeah, I um, I think this team is in a lot of ways going to ride either you know live or die with Webster. Um, I know there are more options there. Um, we talked about you know Parker maybe rotating Smith in there, but uh, I, I think Webster really, he's got to take the next step if the offense is going to be efficient. Um, I know Alex touched on it a bit, but Nebraska was just awful at passing the ball last year. Uh, they were like dead last in assists, assists per game, and I know I know part of that, or in the conference, um, and I know part of that's pace, but even, you know, an assist rate, they were 330-something in the country, which is just just terrible. I mean, when you consider how good their defense was, like that that was totally the reason why they made the tournament. Um, which is good. I mean, you still made it, but uh man. Well, I think it's if, a, if you, a product of the offense they run too. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh I I mean, there's it a lot of times it just seemed like when, you know, the pressure would apply, well, we're just going to throw it to Petaway. Hopefully he does figures out something or, you know, shields, which Hey, I mean, it worked obviously enough. <laughs> but uh first of all again, yeah, I mean, they, East Lansing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, they beat 
Michigan State. They beat Wisconsin. So I mean, uh, obviously they weren't they weren't a bad team or anything. But I mean, I, I I just can't imagine how good they would have been if they would have been able to pass the ball a little bit better. But um, now, what do you guys think in terms of this FIBA thing? Uh, we're already hearing a lot of it. Um, I know Alex has mentioned we're probably going to hear a lot more about it. Um, do you guys think this is a real thing and it's going to have an impact? Um, I guess, Alex, since I mentioned you, you can jump in. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I don't I don't know who New Zealand played or anything, and um, I'm pretty sure he got, I mean, at least rotation minutes for them. Um, it can't hurt, right? I mean, the experience playing at a high level, it can't hurt. And I think the biggest thing beyond the FIBA um, – on the FIBA thing is, uh, you know, he came over from New Zealand. I don't know how good the hoop scene is, but I can't imagine it's on pace with some of the better high school or prep leagues here. Um, you know, I, I, the freshman to sophomore leap, I think for him, is going to be pretty large. It's usually the, you know, best uh, period for improvement for any player. But um, just being more accustomed to the game, um, you know, kind of getting into the flow of things with school and everything, I think um, – yeah, he's going to – and, I mean, he has the physical tools. He's big, you know, he, he's pretty long. And, yeah, you know, I think more so than the FIBA thing, just another year of experience will really help him out. Okay. David, do you, do you agree it'll at least help a little? <laughs> well, I think it'll help some. Um, it, it remains to be seen to what uh, degree. Um, but I think it's just – it's another uh, dimension of experience that he – wasn't able to get here during the summer. Um, and it's against higher competition that he would probably be able to get here because um, you're playing against pro players from all over the world uh, in a different environment and uh, in a tournament a tournament setting. Um, so, I mean, remains to be seen what degree of, of jump he'll take, but, uh, you know, like you just said, you've you got all the tools. Um, and so if it can help him build confidence, he played quite a bit. Um, he was in the main rotation. I think he started all the games. Um and so if if that helps him build confidence, I think more than anything, that's what was missing from him last year is he just got beat down by the transition in that Big Ten, the Big Ten schedule. Okay. Um, Jeremy, do you, do you think it will have an impact? Um, I, I think uh, Ty's time with the FIBA team is going to have a huge impact, and I think it's going to be for the um, confidence reason that was stated. Uh, that team did – play, um, you know, fairly well against some of the better opponents, and most importantly, um, Ty got a lot of minutes. Uh, Not only did he get to defend um, some of those top players in the world like Derrick Rose, he got to score against uh, those players and figure out how to score against uh, high-level defense, which I think is going to be a big asset, and again, from the uh, early practice reports, has been a big asset in improving his confidence level because we know he has talent. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year, and I think um, his time in FIBA is going to play a big role in that. So I'll be interested to hear those quotes start to roll out, you know, during the season, but we'll see. Okay. Oh, just as a a side note to help us uh, set a little background, uh, Webster, he played for New Zealand. He had he averaged 22 minutes, 5.3 points, three rebounds, 1.5 assists. So, I mean, uh, he was definitely at least on the court. Um, uh, Jason, did you have any thoughts on the whole FIBA, FIBA thing? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I just add that I, I think it should help from a physical nature, playing basketball, playing against bigger guys, faster guys. Like you mentioned, Derek Rose. Having experience against stronger, faster, more talented guys, I think will help him advance his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I definitely tend to agree. I mean, uh, I definitely I, – I don't remember who said it, but, yeah, I mean, it can't hurt. <laughs> Anytime you're out there uh, competing against, you know, good players. Um, I think I remember a couple of years ago, uh, what, one of Michigan's – well, Hardaway, I think, went to one of the, like, U19 or one of those international things. And I definitely thought it, it helped him. But, um, yeah, especially that freshman to sophomore leap, um, you'd expect him to take a step forward regardless. But, um yeah, he going and playing in an international, you know, league on that level and actually making an impact, I think, is uh, pretty significant. Um, might, maybe it'll be overblown. We'll have to see uh, how the media takes it. But uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move up to the you know front court wing type of area. Um, David, what do you what do you see out of there? Uh, well, I mean, that's where Nebraska made its money last year was, was out there on the wing. Um, and with Petaway and Shields coming back, um, and I think you'll see, uh, you know, and then, I, sorry, I'll back up, you know, with uh, Pitchford, you know, being that stretch four, um, I mean, that's, that's their game. That's what they, that's what they do and that's what they do well. So I expect, barring any injuries or anything like that, I expect that to continue. Um, and that's where that's where their um, their their main playmakers are. So uh, it's just going to be if they can uh, make sure they get the ball um, and, and how they initiate that offense. But uh, I mean, Petaway's that that dude works harder than anybody you'll see in the conference, from what it sounds like. And, and Shields, um, I expect he's just gotten better at every every game he's been in Nebraska. So. Um, that's those are the two workhorses for Nebraska, and you see them just continuing to, to step up their game. So uh, that continues. I think it bodes well for for the Huskers as they um, try to replicate the magic they had last year. Okay, um, Alex, how do you, how do you see the uh, front court wing area? <laughs> yeah, I really like um, Nebraska's front court. Obviously, Petaway and Shields. But- two headliners, they're going to soak up a, a ton of the possessions. Um, and hopefully they don't revert too much into hero ball, but Petaway is pretty decent at it, so I guess it won't matter a ton. Um, <laughs> I really, really like Pitchford. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, he shoots 41% from three from the five spot, which is just uh, pretty much wow. unheard of for the most part in, in college. And, you know, I had so much of a – dimension to their game that he doesn't clog up the lane. He gives, you know, driving lanes for Padaway and especially Shields. Shields is the best around the rim and getting to the free throw line. Um, so I love those three. That's the trio that's going to carry Nebraska. And I mean, um, I think losing Leslie Smith is kind of underrated. He was a big part of their defense when Pitchford went out. Um, I don't think that the Georgetown transfer Abraham um, will necessarily replicate his ability. I mean, Shields or, uh, Smith finished sixth in the league in steal rate, which was kind of absurd for a center and very active defensively, very good on the offensive glass. Um, so they're going to miss him, and uh, the injury was really unfortunate. And then, um, yeah, who else am I missing? Oh, yeah, David Rivers. I love that guy. You know, he's he's 
strikes me as a quintessential Tim Miles player. Like he's pretty much a non-NBN offense, but he always brings energy. He plays really good defense. He makes the most of his possessions when he's on the floor and, you know, kind of holds it together when Shields or Petaway are out. So, um, you know, I think I think Nebraska's frontcourt is good enough to carry the backcourt. Obviously, backcourt improvements pretty much not there if they want to make a jump at all, but as long as they have Petaway, Shields, and Pitchford, they should be fine. Okay. Um, Jeremy, what do you think? Um, I'm I'm extremely bullish on uh, Nebraska's front court. <laughs> I think um, outside of, you know, Wisconsin, uh, maybe Michigan, depending on, you know, whether you want to call some of those guys guards or forwards, I'd, I'd say Nebraska's probably got maybe the second or third best front court in the league. Um, obviously, Petaway's tremendous, uh, can handle the ball, can create for himself. If he can improve his shot selection, he can be a first-round draft pick. Just, you know, keep it inside the three-point line, and uh, his percentages should be pretty nice. Um, Pitchford, again, is is like a uh, slightly slower Christian Wofford, 40% from three, um, as was mentioned. And Shields is also, again, depending on how you want to define him. I kind of talked about him a little bit when we talked about the uh, backcourt, but... If it weren't for uh, Smith's injury, they would have really good depth in the in the front court as well. They do have a little bit of that in Rivers, but um, that's their one concern. Any you know one game, two game injury uh, to Petaway or Pitchford could be well, obviously Petaway, but we'll say Shields or Pitchford could be really really big for them. So, okay, um, Jason, any thoughts? Um, well, I, it's a deadly duo, and Petaway and Shields, those guys can both score the ball at will. Um, but same thing about uh, shot selection for Petaway. It's just he likes to pull up no matter where he is. So if either he can improve his shot selection or if Nebraska can find a better way to get him good shots, so that would really improve their offensive efficiency this year. And I agree with what they said about Pitch, Pitchford. Really able to stretch the floor. If he gets a little better inside, too, talk about a really all-around player. Yeah, I think um, – I agree. I mean, everybody seems pretty high on Pitchford. Um, he's one of those guys – I don't know if you if you guys felt this way, but uh, I kept forgetting about him that he <laughs> he existed, which which sounds bad. But um, I, I think everybody's so focused on Petaway and Shields that they forget that they have this really nice stretch four that can do a lot of damage. Um Man, yeah, he's one of those guys that if he just picks it up, I mean, he, I mean, he may be a surprise player, even though he's already pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Petaway, um, he's a beast. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see if he can match what he did last year. Um, I'm guessing he'll be right there. Um, I think part of it, a lot of you guys have talked about the shot selection. I think, I think another part of it too is just, uh, you know, if the if the other guys are getting more productive and he has to carry the team a little bit less. Maybe the shot selection will come just with that. Um, I guess, I guess we'll have to see, but uh, yeah. And I mean, obviously Shields is uh, the other guy, the, the Robin, so to speak to, uh, to put away the Batman, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of how I view that, that area. But um, so what do you guys think of, uh, I guess, I guess we should add, um, transfers to this as well. Um, 
going to ask, how do you see the incoming recruiting class for uh, Nebraska? Um, they have a couple of transfers as well. So, uh, Alex, I guess, how do you, how do you see it? Um, I'm not too familiar with uh, all the transfers they brought in. They brought in that one guy from uh, Georgetown, right, and he should provide depth at the center position. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how uh, how well Jake Hammond is going to contribute, if he is at all. He's a pretty highly regarded recruit, um, at least you know, in the recent uh, history of Nebraska. So he could get some minutes at the five if he bulks up a little bit. And um, Terrence Smith was mentioned earlier, you know, with the hole at point guard, he could he could definitely see some minutes. I I don't really see any instant impact type guys, but uh, definitely depth for sure. Okay, um, David, how do you see it? Uh, there's one guy that I think could be a really impact player, and that's Nick Fuller. Uh, he's a kid out of out of Wisconsin, right outside of Madison, and supposedly is the best shooter on the team. Um, and if that's true, he's a six seven, six eight kid, put on probably fifteen pounds last year guy, redshirting. Yeah, what's yeah, that? that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna ask if he's the guy coming off the redshirt. That's what I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, he, he <laughs> sat out last year. He played the exhibition game and and said, uh, "I'm not ready." <laughs> Um, and so um, he sat out the year and and uh, and just worked on getting bigger and stronger and can shoot shoot uh, lights out. So um, if he comes in and can fill the role that Gallegos filled last year and actually hit shots instead of rub him out, um, that I mean that that would be a huge huge addition in the for Nebraska. Um, just a, a hidden six to nine points a game. Um, uh, it's something that Nebraska really lacked because they didn't really have anybody that they could kick it out to and 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 have the other team go oh crap because he's open um, and that's what Fuller can bring. Uh, really good point made earlier was the loss of um, Leslie Smith. Uh, I think that's going to have a huge impact um, around uh, the rim, especially on the defense because he was so good at that. Um, uh, Moses Abraham's a, a a rim defender. That's what he's known for. Uh, shot, block shots and rebounding. So any points that come from him will be a bonus. Um, so I think they'll probably get comparable production, but they took just a huge, huge hit as far as depth goes when they lost Smith. Uh, rumor is he may be back in January, which would be absolutely huge for Nebraska down the stretch if he can come back um, and provide some depth because last year they just didn't have the option to play two guys on the post. Um, and, and there are times when that really could – you saw it, especially against Baylor in the NCAA tournament, and they just couldn't defend it. Um, and so uh, if they can get Smith back uh, for that stretch run and conference play, uh, I think that would be really big. Um, I don't know what to expect from him. And uh, the plan was to retro him, and then that changed, obviously, when Smith went down. Um, so any minutes, that, any quality minutes that they can get from him would be, would be a bonus. Um, but he's going to have to play some uh, because they can't. They can't have just two guys down there defending the post. Uh, I know Shields has done it some, and Rivers can do it some, but uh, they need more depth down there. So Hammond, you'll see Hammond provide that. Um, and I mentioned Smith earlier. So, um, but I think you, the two guys you're going to hear the most from will be Moses Abraham and uh, Nick Fuller, uh, as far as uh, contributions on the court, uh, with Smith being uh, probably that third guy in the next second. Okay, um, Jeremy, how do you see it? Um, I don't see them getting much out of their uh, true freshman. Um, I do think that Nick Fuller could be a contributor. Um, 
Moses, I think, will be the big piece out of uh, the new players they're bringing in because I see him as the starter, um, probably getting the bulk of the minutes at that position. And if he can't fill that role for them, um, then I am I am worried for uh, Nebraska at the center spot. Um, I do think that, you know, if Terrence Smith, uh, can, you know, be a spot contributor or a point guard, that do a lot to uh, ease ease things for uh, Webster. But I don't really expect that out of him. Um, definitely a big-time bonus if uh, Nebraska can get anything out of Smith and Hammond. But for the most part, uh, they're in the position where they won't need to, you know, play too much. Um, Hammond could be pressed into play. Hopefully he won't be um, any more than he has been already, but that's a possibility. Okay. Uh, Jason, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I really don't know too much about the newcomers from Nebraska, <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave this one to the other guys. Uh, trust what they have to say. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll hold you off to the Northwestern section. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think the the interesting one, uh, David, I'm happy you brought him up, uh, Nick Fuller, because uh, red shirts are always the hilarious thing because everyone forgets that the player exists and then they often he pops up the next year. <laughs> right. Um yeah, yeah, Fuller Fuller's an interesting one. Um I think generally I'd say uh at least from the perspective I've got, I don't know if it's different for Nebraska fans, but uh is that generally all three um you know Fuller and the two recruits coming in this year are generally kind of regarded about the same um you know, guys who they might take a year or two to really get going. Um, is that how the Nebraska fans have looked at it? Uh, I think so, uh, for the most part, although I would say that Smith has probably opened some eyes. Uh, I don't know. that He, he was sort of a late addition um, to the recruiting class, um, but he, he, you know, played under Bobby Hurley out there in New Jersey, and uh, it just sounds like he's a heady player and has, has some, uh, some really um, – uh, well-developed skills. So uh, he could, I think, contribute more than I think people are expecting, but uh, Nebraska's pretty – has enough depth on the on – the, uh, in the guard spots that they, they probably won't need to rely on him. So they can, you know, like get eight or ten minutes out of him. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, I think that is probably where I'm going with that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I um, Yeah, I mean, that's – that's that's kind of how I looked at it. It's interesting to hear um, about Smith, um, especially because uh, I think I think everybody was kind of positive about Webster, especially uh, after mm-hmm. the whole FIBA thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that would be exciting if they had that at least another option at the point guard. Um, especially as the year goes on, you know, you get into Big Ten play. If Webster is struggling, you can slide in Smith. Um, well, that, I think that would be interesting. excited about Webster. Well, People are excited yeah, about yeah. Webster. Um, it's just that I think that they would like to see him move to the two. Um, and then uh, basically you have a couple three-and-a-halves out there in, in Petaway and Shields. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, ideally that's what would happen, I think, is that you know uh, Webster – it may not happen this year, it may not happen until next year, but eventually Webster would slide over to the two and Smith would take the one. Although they've also got a kid coming in next year in 2015. England Watson is the top hundred kids who could challenge for that spot too, but that's where that road. We can get to that next year. Yeah, yeah. Tim Miles is tearing it up on the recruiting trail now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's. Uh, I, I guess one one last little thing to add from my view. Uh, 
I was not incredibly impressed with the the guy trans Moses uh, Abraham transferring from Georgetown. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Miles can do with him. Um, to me, he's he's kind of a depth guy, but um, but hey, I mean, if he doesn't have to do a lot of the work on offense, you know, he can just go out and get blocks and rebound. Um, you know, maybe that'll that'll fit his role. Um, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, he I'm not too high on him, but um, yeah, Smith will be interesting. Fuller is obviously a, a wild card in there. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess uh, just moving on a little more general um, about the team, what, what do you guys uh, see, you know, um, greatest strength, greatest weakness of this team, maybe one guy who will pop out, um, those types of things? Uh, Alex, I guess we'll start with you. Uh, the greatest strength, I mean, it's got to be the defense. They're the second-best defense in the conference last year. Um you know, 25th nationally. Uh, they they play good defense. They, you know, they score. They kind of go as Padaway goes on offense. But the defense will be there. Um, questions, as we've already touched on, the point guard position is the biggest question um, in my view. And it'll be interesting to monitor how uh, how much not having Smith hurts them on the defensive end. Um, it would be nice to see Abraham step up and, you know, kind of replace what he does. But that's, you know, that's a tall task for a guy who hasn't really done much so far in his career um x factor you know as you mentioned fuller i didn't even realize i I just looked him up a little bit and yeah nebraska they need three-point shooting they need a guy who can stretch the floor along with pitchford um and i think fuller can really contribute that um i guess for a general nebraska prediction i think you know anywhere from like fourth to sixth in the conference maybe i think that we'll make the tournament again um I, you know, I think it, it's going to be tough to kind of crack that top tier, but for the most part, Miles is building a, a great program, and I, I really hope Nebraska can, you know, hold on to him. I hope they can, uh, you know, keep the big programs from snooping around because he's a really good coach. Um, David, how do you how do you see things unfolding? Uh, similarly, I think um, my biggest my biggest question is is going to is going to be in post depth and how they combat that because it's not any better than last year and they were thin down there to begin with uh, with Smith going down so how they how they address that and how they um, uh, can maneuver around some uh, some questions down there on the post I think will be my biggest question and I'm curious to see how they do that but um, I mean having the the best returning player in the league seems like a pretty good strength to me. Um, and so that's, that's I think, probably where they're strongest, just in that returning experience and that three-headed monster of Pitchford, Petaway, and um, and Shields. So uh, that's probably where I'd, I'd um, put my biggest strength, although I will add, you know, you mentioned how good they were defensively last year. They added uh, Jim Molinari to their staff, who was the Western uh, Illinois coach, and their their his squad was uh, the number one team in the country defensively for, I believe it was last year, maybe the year before. Um, he's just considered one of the best defensive coaches in the country. So I don't expect the defense to take a step back for Nebraska this year. Um, that's just going to be something that they rely on. They certainly brought into that last year, and if they continue to do that again this year, uh, I think that will be huge to their uh, whether they can take a step forward or not. Um, I really, I mean, the, the conference schedule is tougher um, than it was last year. 
um, and they're not sneaking up on anybody. So how they handle expectations, I think, will determine how well they uh, finish in conference play. Um, uh, better teams than Nebraska have not handled expectations well. So I'll be curious to see how they handle that because this is, I mean, frankly, this is new found territory for Nebraska. They've never, they've never been in a situation like this. And so um, how they handle that, I think, is the key to the season more so than anything else, which is how, to, how do you play with expectations? That's, that's going to be uh, the big the big thing for this year, I think. Okay. Um, first, I just want to say shots fired. Uh, Frank Kaminsky fans would be uh, pretty well, mad about you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best returning player. Well, but, uh, they, have, just... they have an argument there, but, you know, I'm not biased. <laughs> I am biased, so whatever. Uh, I am. Yeah, that, uh, that is an interesting point, though, because uh, obviously Nick Stauskas was the best player in the Big Ten last year. And I will debate right. you if you disagree. But um, but yeah, he's gone. <laughs> Gary Harris is gone. <laughs> um, the top guys are gone. So um, uh, that's an interesting point. But um, but yeah. Anyway, moving I, back. I think Decker will be um, in that conversation too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, um, yeah, we're going to need to have another podcast for Player of the Year. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, that'd be a Jeremy. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy. How do you see the? Uh, um, Nebraska performing this year? Well, I, I do have um, some questions about Nebraska. Uh, they mainly center around what Moses is able to contribute and um, how well they're able to assist the ball this year. I mean, they just they have to have some growth in uh, their passing um, to really, I think, even hold water um, in a league that I think is going to be a little bit better at the bottom than it was last year when the worst team won four conference games. So um, I do see uh, the league being very, very competitive throughout. Um, They will be strong defensively if uh, Moses can stay on the court and block shots, um, but he has to stay on the court. Um, he did have a little bit of trouble with fouling uh, at Georgetown, even in limited minutes. Um, hopefully, uh, the influence of that coach is going to help him pick that up um, here in Nebraska, if that's the case. And I see them probably in the four to six range, uh, just like last year. I think they'll probably be a little bit better to make it there, but uh, again, their record may not show that. Okay. Um Jason, how do you how do you see Nebraska performing this year? Um, well, I'd agree in that greatest strength of the defense. It's there; they're solid. Uh, question marks? I go to the post. Uh, Pitchford obviously can stretch the floor, can knock it down, uh, mid range and from three, but not great around the rim. There's a lot of individual talent on this team. I'm just interested interested to see as as they grow, they bring back a lot of stars. Can they gel more on offense? Uh, and become more efficient there. In the end, I'd say something similar, probably fourth or fifth in the Big Ten. And I think they look better in the early going, like early in the Big Ten season last year. They did not fare well, and then they turned it around to go like 11 and, 11 and 7, something like that. And uh, like Jeremy just said, I think overall a better performance from them on the, on the way to fourth or fifth place. Okay. Yeah, I, I think um... – I'm just going to kind of be echoing what you guys said, but uh, I had Nebraska finishing fourth um, for this season. Obviously, I didn't have them there last year, but uh, I uh, 
I think I think they're still going to be a good solid team. Um, I think quality wise they're going to be better. I don't know if their record's going to be better. Um, again, I'm I'm kind of with Jeremy in that I think the Big Ten is going to be really competitive this year. So uh, I think even those that middle top tier upper middle, um, you know, four to six or so, um, they're probably going to have a decent hunk of losses in my view. Um, just because I think uh, there's just a lot of quality teams, but um, I think a lot of it. Um, Going back to what I said earlier, I think it's going to fall on Webster um, performing um, the backcourt. Hopefully the FIBA stuff helps him uh, for Nebraska's sake. And, uh, yeah, I think the expectations thing is a good point that you brought up. Um, I was actually working on my season preview today, and uh, that was one of the things I said. Um, Not only was that Nebraska's first tournament performance since the 90s, or appearance, um, they hadn't finished in the top half of a conference in like seven years, um, which obviously they switched conferences during that period, but that's a pretty significant time not to uh, knock Nebraska down, but just to say that this is a, uh, last year was a special year and it's going to be a lot different feel. I think, um, David, would you, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it definitely was, I think it caught everybody off guard. Uh, maybe other than, well, I mean, if you look back at the quotes and, and everything they had after that 0-4 starting conference play, um, you know, in that um, I think they won a game. And I think they, uh, they beat, came back and, and, and beat Ohio State. Um, but then they got uh, – they just got hammered at Michigan. And uh, shortly after that, you saw his winning – Biggs was kicked off the team. And um, that's when everything shifted as far as the mentality goes. Um, and so it wasn't until that, but up until then, there was no indication up until middle of January that this team was capable of doing what they did. Um, and so, yeah, I think he caught everybody off guard, uh, most of the fans included. So um, I, would, I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, nobody saw it coming yeah. um, inside <laughs> or outside the conference, probably even inside the locker yeah. room, if, if you gave him uh, truth to him. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can say for a fact I didn't see it coming, but um, I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, Tim Miles is a good coach, and obviously he's going to work. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we'll uh, that'll pretty much wrap up uh, our Nebraska talk. Um, David, feel free to stick around for the Northwestern stuff. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if you want to. Yeah, but, I don't know um, a whole lot about the Wildcats. <laughs> really don't. All right, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, thank, thanks for joining. Um, yeah, you bet. Just a reminder. Yeah, and a reminder to everyone. Uh, David, he's from uh, Corn Nation, which is uh, SB Nation's Nebraska site. Um, make sure to check out his stuff. Uh, they do some good work over there. Uh, so thanks for calling in. <laughs> you bet. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to Northwestern, and hopefully uh, Jason will enjoy this segment a little more. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let, let's go to you first. Um, what do you see as your you know general overview of Nebraska or not Nebraska Northwestern uh, for this year? Um, well, I mean, it's uh, still rebuilding mode in Chris Collins' second year. I mean, they have six new guys on the team, seven if you count the um, freshman who's a walk-on to get a scholarship. So it's going to be a learning process. Luckily for those freshmen, the start of the season is so easy of a schedule. Um, I mean, Houston Baptist, Brown, Mississippi Valley State, it's just it's a bunch of cupcakes. And 
So they'll get to develop a little bit before they play Big Ten games. Um, as far as big, like where they fall in the Big Ten, it's going to be towards the bottom again, um, just because so much inexperience. They're not going to be there yet, talent or uh, competitiveness-wise. So probably somewhere towards the bottom again. Okay. Well, um, Alex, how do you think? How do you? What's your general overview of uh, Northwestern here? Uh, well, I guess first off, um, I'd like to say that I think Chris Collins is a better coach for the rebuilding process than Carmody. Um, obviously, I'm not as familiar with Northwestern as others, but uh, Carmody kind of maxed out, and they, you know, they didn't finally get over the hump and make it into the tournament. But Collins, I, I like that they play hard-nosed defense now. It's just kind of amazing to see that the total inversion of the Carmody teams, which were all offense and no defense, to Collins with his all defense, no offense teams. But like, uh, like you know, it. What was said earlier, it's still a rebuilding process. It's slow. Um, the recruiting better. You know, I think they're going to develop talent a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to. They're going to be in it for the long haul. It's not a. It's not a slow. Or it's not. A, it's not a quick process by any means. Okay, uh, Jeremy, how did, what's your general overview? Um, I wouldn't call Northwestern a rebuilding process um, as the only uh, power conference program that hasn't made the uh, NCAA tournament to this point. This is a building <laughs> process. Um, so I think it's even more impressive um, what Collins has done to this point. Um, this year isn't going to be pretty for the Wildcats, but he did bring in a four-star recruit in his first, um, you know, full recruiting cycle, recruiting class in Victor Law. Um, that's a major stepping stone for Northwestern. Um, he went into Indiana and uh, pulled out a player that um, Indiana was looking at, uh, that Purdue was looking at, that um, Indiana State and Notre Dame were both looking at in Bryant uh, McIntosh. Um, which I also think is going to be big for them. Um, they're not going to be very good this year, uh, but I do think that he is um, building a program that, you know, will uh, not only attend the um, NCAA uh, tournament, but compete in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, a building process. Sorry, that just uh, caught me off guard. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think um, Northwestern, they're still – they're still moving along. Um, obviously, uh, we'll we'll jump on the recruits later, but obviously they have a few uh, exciting prospects coming in this year. Um, I know some have mentioned it as the best recruiting class in Northwestern history. I um, somebody on Twitter uh, called me out hardcore when well, not me, but the person who wrote that. So I'm not sure if it's true or not, but um, I know there's a lot of excitement. We can say that, but um, the team. Um, Obviously, they were not they were in the bottom of the Big Ten last year, but um, showed progress. I mean, winning on the road at Wisconsin. Um, obviously, the Wisconsin was you know not playing very well then, but still, that's a that's a huge win. Um, I know they won. They beat Indiana on the road. So uh, there's there's your jab, Jason, towards uh, Jeremy. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think they're progressing. Um, my my general 
thought process for this year was that I I don't know if Northwestern is going to have a better um, record. And just as a general note, when I'm talking record, I'm talking more conference based than uh, because I mean, if you schedule terrible teams, your record's going to get better, obviously. (laughs) But um, yeah, but I think the quality of play is going to get better. I really do. Um, I think with more talent, more athleticism. They're going to be able to kind of shift out of that uh, slow pace, extremely slow pace, all defense. Um, I'm sure Collins wants to keep them on, you know, good at defense, but uh, I think they'll speed it up a little more and run a little more. But um, yeah, I guess uh, jumping in, um, jumping to the backcourt, Jason, how do you see that shaking out? And also, is Sobo Cop still a thing at Northwestern? What was that at the end? Is SoboCop still a thing at Northwestern? Please tell me it is. So, I I haven't heard that once actually. No, that's so disappointing. Then it's usually my second year, year here, so um, I don't know. Sobo, I mean, he really dropped off last year, and it's hard to say exactly how this backcourt is going to shake out because, as Jeremy mentioned, they have Brian McIntosh coming in. A lot of people think he's going to be really good. He's a combo guard, can play the point a little bit, or on the wing. But then they also have Johnny Bass, who's a short six-foot guy, but he can get up, dunk the ball, quick, speedy, can score. Um, I think they're going to rotate a lot of guys in at the point. They're going to probably try Sobo out there first, see how it goes. But if it's anything like last year, I think Collins Leash will be pretty quick and they'll um, – probably throw McIntosh in there. He's a little more well-rounded than Vassar right now. After that, over, are we going to go wings right now or still kind of backcourt? I mean, Jershon Cobb is... <laughs> I mean, Jershon Cobb and Trey Demps are still guard slash wing. They're two or three on the court. Um, Demps played some point guard last year because of Sobo's issues. Sobo did have a... Con- Sobolewski did have a concussion last year. That didn't help with his play. Um, but Cobb can score the basketball, Demps can too, but uh, it was a lot like Nebraska in that those guys ended up going to isolation last year. The ball wasn't moving. Uh, it was all on them to just try and put points on the board, which they didn't do very much of. All right. Um, Alex, how do, you, how do you see the guards shaking out? Um. You know, I, I don't I don't think Sobolewski is going to contribute a whole lot. You know, after last year, it was just such a severe regression. It was so perplexing to see, you know, he was at, at least somewhat decent his first two years, and then he completely dropped off last year. He got taken out of the rotation and put back in when Cobb got hurt um, out of necessity. But I think um, his days of at least really significant playing time are over. Um, you got to look at McIntosh as the starting point guard, I think, right now. Um, and then I don't know if Trey Demps will be the starter or sixth man, but he'll get starter minutes. So it's kind of beside the point. Um, so you got kind of two combo guards working in tandem. Um, I'm really excited for McIntosh, one of the better recruits from Western Sign recently. He you know, got off, or offered from Purdue and Iowa, I think. So um, decent offer sheet. He should contribute, you can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, as for Vassar, I don't know a ton about him, but, you know, it looks like he was a pretty well-regarded recruit as well, um, relatively speaking. Uh, I think 
I think in the in the wings like combo wing guard role, um, losing Drew Crawford hurts. Uh, you know, he's their main guy last year, kind of their go-to guy, um, and they don't really have anybody to replace them. I think Cobb is more of a defense-first kind of player um, who's forced to create a little bit. Uh, I think he's going to struggle if he has to take on a ton of offensive responsibility. might look like he has to do that. Um, so, yeah, you know, the backcourt, it's kind of in flux right now. Demps is a classic, you know, gunner, no conscience shoots from anywhere, and, you know, sometimes it can heat up and carry Northwestern's offense through rough stretches, but it'll be really interesting to see how McIntosh works, I guess, when you're looking at the uh, the long-term, um, focusing in on the, the long haul. It's going to be a slow building process. Yeah, I misspoke when I said rebuilding. It's definitely not a rebuilding process. You know, anything to rebuild. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, just we just continue piling it on Jason here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, um, Jeremy, how do you see the guards shaking out? Um, their their backcourt is in in a rough spot in Evanston, and I think the big big key to that is um, Sobolewski. Um, if there is any sort of uh, Sobo cop. Uh, situation in Evanston. It's because they're trying to chain him to the bench. Um, he was really rough last year. Uh, he hasn't shot above uh, 50% from two any time in his career, but last year was the first time that he shot below 40% um, from two, and he, he struggled in, in just every part of his game. I, I uh, do um, appreciate that Jason uh, brought up the concussion that he had last year because I had forgotten about that. Um, that definitely could have been a factor that affected him over the uh, remainder of the season from the point when he suffered that issue. Um, hopefully uh, he does or did fully recover um, from that, and, you know, that wasn't um, a factor in his play. Um, I think uh, Northwestern may turn to either Trey Dimps or – um, just give the reins to uh, one of the uh, younger players and let them struggle through uh, trying to lead lead the offense. Um, as willing as Trey is to uh, take his own shot, call his own number, um, he, he wasn't a bad passer, and uh, he didn't turn it over. Um, he'd give the team to the other ball, or he'd give uh, the, the other team the ball, but it's, you know, coming off of a brick. Um and he wasn't a bad shooter either. So if his uh, shot selection is better, I do think he could do a pretty good job of running the offense. Um, they have a lot of combo guards uh, throughout their backcourt, so they can get assists from a number of places. Okay. Um, well, first off, I will push Sobocop as much as I can, not as a player, but just as a nickname because it's awesome. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I, he he obviously had a rough year. Um, I remember, um, Jason will not be happy I'm bringing this up, but uh, in the game against DePaul, I remember turning it on and just, he was just dreadful um, in that game. And uh, it was kind of surprising because, at least for me, I thought he was going to take the next step. Um this last season and it was just yeah it definitely a regression um maybe maybe he is back to how he was before um we'll have to see 
But, um, yeah, if he plays anything like he did last year, it's going to be uh, a rough time for him. Um, yeah, a few of you have mentioned McIntosh. He is an exciting prospect to me. Um, obviously, everybody's focused on uh, Law and the other guys coming in, but uh, he he is an interesting prospect, um, can shoot, can handle it, um, can score. Um, and I think he could be the guy that maybe they bring off the bench to ignite the offense if they need it. Um, I think he has a lot of he has a diverse skill set, I think, um, to at least light up the scoreboard. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think Demps is going to be your guy who's going to be your primary offensive weapon with Crawford gone. Um, he has the highest returning usage percentage um, on the team. Uh, obviously, Crawford was number one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be your guy who you're going to give it in the the big time situations, close games. Um, yeah, the uh, the three point shooting I think needs to improve, and I think a big part of that is Dems taking better shots um, and just the backcourt taking better looks. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, they were like 53rd nationally in attempts and 322nd in percentage. So uh, obviously they're not scared of shooting it, but it, it doesn't tend to go in that well. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I see the guards uh, shaking out. Um, we want to move on to the the bigs and you know the front court and wings. Um, Jason, how, how do you see that uh, working out this year? Um, well, we'll start with the name we've been talking about, Vic Law. He should start right away. Um, still kind of a wing. He's six foot seven, like one hundred eighty pounds. So, um, still some raw talent there. Fairly skinny guy. He can play three. He's not going to play the four, but pretty big guy. I think he really embodies where this Northwestern basketball program is heading, this building process. Um, we were at a practice the other day, and they're just watching all these guys dunking. It's like, what's going on? It's, this doesn't look anything like the old Northwestern with Vic Lawn, <laughs> Johnny Vassar, um, Trishon Cobb all dunking. A little tangent here, but even the next guys coming in next year, or the class of uh, 2015, uh, Collins' two commits are Derek Pardon and Jordan Ash, both guys who can get above the rim and throw it down. Um, so I mean, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for athletes. He wants to turn this into uh, more of a team that gets out and runs the break, which is nothing like what we saw last year. Um, but forwards, forwards. Alex Ola again at center. And uh, Sanjay Lumpkin probably starting at power forward. Lumpkin really does not score the basketball. He averaged like two points last year. He played almost 30 minutes uh, per game. Alex Ola, on the other hand, uh, he showed a lot of improvement last year. Like he jumped from shooting around 41% to about 50%. Uh, he still has a long way to go as far as his defense, his footwork, um, developing more moves around the rim. But there's some upside there. He pl- he's been playing for the Romanian national team. Uh, maybe that'll help him. Like uh, It might help Ty Webster playing in that FIBA thing. Uh, we'll have to see. Otherwise, bench isn't too deep there. They have freshman Gavin Skelly, who's actually really big. If he develops quickly, he could take Sanjay Lumpkin's uh, spot at power forward. Because Lumpkin's only 6'6", pretty small guy uh, for power forward. And they also have um, a transfer, Jeremiah Kreisberg, who will be backing up Ola. 
So a little more depth in the post this year, but it's still a weak spot for them, something they're trying to develop. Okay. Um, Alex, how do you see it shaking out? Uh, yeah, it's easy to get excited about Vic Law. Um, I think, you know, as an athlete, I, I guess that's kind of his calling card that he's, you know, really athletic, a good defender, good rebounder. Um, I don't think he'll contribute a ton offensively, at least right away, but, you know, you can definitely slot him in for 25, 30 minutes a game and hope that he, uh, you know, really holds up in the defense, which was which was quite good last year. Um, Lumpkin at the four is not ideal. Um, you know, he had an okay steal rate, but, yeah, like, you know, it was just a disaster offensively. He didn't take very many shots, didn't, you know, score the ball efficiently at all. Um so, so that's a mess. Hopefully, Skelly can hope, you know step in and give him some competition at least, and you know he'll improve from his freshman to sophomore year too. Um, he wasn't put into an ideal position last year. Uh, I like Ola. Um, he really did improve on offense. He's pretty good around the rim. Um, obviously, not the most quick guy. His footwork can sometimes be kind of a mess, but he uh, he's really long. A legit seven footer, and he, you know, he could be one of the better centers in the conference. I think. Um, obviously, Kaminsky headlines that group, but you know, Ola's right there with the next tier of guys. Um, and he was good as the anchor in their defensive scheme too. You know, at Northwestern didn't allow a great field position. Uh, uh, Northwestern prevented their opponents from scoring while at the rim, which was you know had a lot to do with Ola. Um, you know, as was mentioned, Skelly might play. Kreisberg is a, a good um, depth addition for them on the transfer market. But, yeah, I think if Ola is one of your most reliable or promising offensive prospects, you're, you're going to struggle a little bit on that end. All right. Uh, Jeremy, how do you how do you see it? Um, offensively, I, I don't see anything out of this group. I mean, they'll pretty much be a black hole on offense. Um, but defensively, um, they do have some strong pieces, uh, especially Alex Ola. Um, like you just heard, he was an excellent anchor for their defense last year. He was actually a really phenomenal um, shot blocker. I think he got about two blocks per game or close to it. Uh, so he was a, he was – think the best shot blocker in the conference. Uh there may have been one player ahead of him, but he was he was definitely um up there. Uh so as long as um their guards can continue to uh push anyone that does beat them off the dribble into OI, then they're gonna be uh pretty strong around the rim. Um, he's not the quickest, so he doesn't do the uh same sort of job or as well when he guards power forwards and other bigs. Um, but he can, you know, block shots if um, someone is directed to him. It's just that offensively, uh, you can't ask him to do much. Um, Kreisberg is a graduate transfer from Yale who um, is probably there to get his diploma. Uh, Skelly, um, I think, will be good, but is uh, a true freshman this year. Um, So offensively, that group isn't going to give you much. If they can uh, connect on all of their putbacks, um, that's about, you know, the height of, of this group's ability offensively. All right. Um, yeah, I think uh, obviously Vic Law, I think um, 
might be one of the most high-profile guys on this team this year, which is kind of odd to say. But uh, I know um, from what I've heard, he, he seems to be getting a lot of attention. Um, he's got some big shoes to fill with the quasi-Crawford position over there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think uh, I am not – I am not a big fan of uh, Lumpkin. Um, I I think he's one of those guys that, as Collins gets his guys in there, you're just you're going to see less and less of him. Um, pretty big liability offensively, um, and I mean he not really a a real threat from three. Kind of a mediocre at best free throw shooter. Um, just doesn't. I I, I think he's just um, you know he's he's all right defensively, but I think. In the long term, I really think if Northwestern wants to succeed, they're going to try to throw someone else in there. Um, Ola is an interesting one. Um, I think he's one of those guys that a lot of people are overlooking. Um, but um, if he if he can become a little better rebounder, um, obviously, hopefully, score a little bit more. Um, man, he could be he could be a real force down there, especially with. Um, you know, as I don't remember who mentioned it, but uh, the Big Ten, um, obviously, it's a great conference. There's a lot of great teams, but it's a little thin up front this year um, with, you know, Payne, McGarry, Morgan, all those guys leaving. Um, it's a little thin up there, and, you know, I think he's going to dominate some games, <laughs> to be honest, and uh, especially if, if he can become more of a force on the boards to match that um, his blocking and that could be a he could be a real nice piece there. Um, just before we move on, um, just to talk a little bit about him. Obviously, I don't think there's any debating that Drew Crawford was the best player on the team last year. Um, how do you guys see them trying to replace him? Uh, Jason, we could start with you. Um, well, I I think the first option obviously Vic Law trying to fill his shoes, but I. Mean, having a true freshman try and fill in for uh, Drew Crawford, who's one of the best Northwestern players of all time. It's weird to say, but uh, it's true. So um, between it'll be between him and Jershon Cobb to try and um, make up for all those points that are lost. Uh, Drew Crawford, even though he's only like 6'6", and he's a guard slash forward, he led this team in rebounding last year. And uh, as you said, they really need Alex Ola to step up on the boards. So not just one guy can make up for the loss of Drew Crawford. It's um, going to have to come from a couple of different places. Alex Ola and other guys cleaning up on the glass, and then Vic Law and Jershon Cobb probably uh, putting points up. All right. Uh, Alex, how do you see it? I I pretty much agree with Jason. It's it's going to have to be a, a group effort. Um in the team scheme, especially for the rebounding, but positionally speaking, Cobb and Vic uh, Law are going to have to step in there. Cobb is going to uh, have to enhance his game on the offensive end a little bit to make up for it. I don't think you can count on Law to do that right away. Um, but Law could certainly provide some of his defensive ability and rebounding ability that you know Crawford leaves behind. Obviously, I don't think he's going to rebound quite as well as Crawford. Um, I have Kempom right out in front of me, and Crawford was 4.1 offensive rebound rate, 15.8 defensive rebounding rate, which is excellent for a guy who's 6'5". So I don't know if Law is going to match that, and yeah, Olaf is going to have to step up in that department. But I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a group effort for sure. All right. Um, Jeremy, what are your thoughts? 
I am not 100% sure that Collins um, really tries to replace uh, Crawford, at least with one player. Um, they could go, I think, one of two ways, um, and that's to either um, run Demps uh, basically at the point with uh, Cobb on the wing and uh, Law beside them, or uh, basically a youth movement where, you know, you run uh, McIntosh and Law together with Demps or Cobb and uh, bring the other one off the bench. Um, I think Collins might run towards or might lean towards uh, running a little bit young this year. So you might see uh, Law and Demps working together to kind of try and fill those shoes. Um, Or at least that's what I would want to see if I were a Northwestern fan. Yeah, I think the um I think the dangerous thing is if uh um especially I know this sounds bad because he's probably going to be the team's highest scorer but uh if Demps tries to step up and just take over that role um I know we keep talking about it but you don't want to see him just chuck up shots to chuck up shots and uh obviously Crawford ate up a lot of possessions um he's obviously very effective so it made sense but um I think that's a dangerous thing um I think Collins is smart enough to realize that's not the best idea. Um, hopefully you'd see uh, Law get involved. Um, again, I'm skeptical on Lumpkin, so uh, I don't know if I would want him to be more involved, but uh, maybe he can take up a little bit more of the load. Um, and I, I think if if Northwestern's going to be a real contender in the Big Ten, and I know we'll get to that a little later, but uh, Ola's got to be the guy that steps up. He's I know... Um, Vic Law probably has the most hype and excitement of anyone on the team. Um, maybe McIntosh is coming along. We'll see. But um, I think Ola is the guy who can really bust out this year. Um, just because even even if you think about it, even if you're the best freshman in the Big Ten, you typically aren't even like first or second team, um, depending on the year, obviously. But uh, just to kind of put it in perspective, so even if Vic Law is – the real deal. He's really good year one. He's still not going to be as good as the top guys in the conference to carry the team. So uh, I think you need Ola really to step up, especially on the boards, um, to try to make up for that. Hopefully Demps doesn't just eat up possessions. Um, but other than that, I I don't think anyone is going to be at the same level as Crawford. Um, obviously an exciting player. They're a lot for Northwestern. Um, but yeah. That's how I I see it kind of shaking up. But uh, so let's move on. You know, kind of the greatest strengths of the team, the weakness, um, an X factor, uh, kind of how you see see the team performing this season. Um, Jason, we'll go to you. Uh, their greatest strength, I would say, is defense. Again, they uh, kind of embraced that as their identity last year, trying to hold teams under fifty points and. Uh, just putting up a little bit more than that. So I think they'll still rely on that defense to keep them in games. Greatest weakness. Um, and there are a couple of different places to look. If Ola doesn't improve on the boards, they're going to have trouble rebounding. Uh, not a lot of size. I mean, Sanjay Lumpkin is a great rebounder for being 6'6", but uh, we don't even know if he can cut it in the Big Ten like that. Uh, otherwise, just... As far as their offense goes, I think that's going to be a big weakness, too. Now, Collins has said he wants to go out and transition. 
from last year. We saw they did a lot of pick and rolls up top. And that simply just does not work with Alex Ola and Dave Sobolewski trying to run pick and roll. There's not enough athleticism or speed up there to uh, try and run any pick and rolls. If they do it with McIntosh and him or Johnny Vassar, maybe they can make that work, but we'll see. There's so many questions on this offense. Um, and if it's just Trey Demps and Jershon Cobb going ISO and trying to check up shots again, that's just not going to work. So we'll have to see what Collins uh, comes up with for the offense this year. In the end, I bet they shake out probably near the bottom of the Big Ten again, 13th, 12th, if they're lucky maybe, uh, somewhere in that area. Okay. Um, first off, I, I reject the pick-and-roll statement. I think it should be called uh, Silvo Cop and Roll, but um, <laughs> just bringing back my terrible jokes. Um, anyway, uh, Alex, how do, you, how do you see things working out for Northwestern? I actually much agree. Um, I, the defense will be good again, which is something that they can really pride themselves on. I think that's a, a good foundation moving forward to have that as their identity. Um, they're going to drag some teams down to their level again this year. You know, if the opponents aren't shooting well, can be one of those really stereotypical, grinded-out, nasty, low-scoring Big Ten games. Um, and that's, you know, probably their best shot at, you know, picking up some wins. But offense will be an adventure again. It was, I think, 309th uh, nationally last year. I don't think it will improve from there. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just to uh, – to keep the the long view in mind uh, with Vic Law, Bryant McIntosh, Johnny Vassar, you know, you got uh, the sixth best prospect from Illinois, fifth and sixth best prospects from Indiana. So that's, you know, really good local recruiting by Chris Collins. And I think he'll uh, gradually bring up the talent level to something that Northwestern hasn't seen before. Um, hopefully McIntosh can walk and show some flashes on offense. Um, I guess I'm more hopeful for McIntosh in the short term on that uh, in that regard. But, yeah, you know, it's going to be another tough year. Hopefully they don't finish last. They, they finished with the worst efficiency margin by uh, quite a bit last year, but uh, didn't actually finish last in the conference, finished the game ahead of above Purdue. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I guess they're going to be right down there again with, uh, you know, the Rutgers, Purdue, Penn State, those type of teams. All right. Um, you know, and before before I get to you, Jeremy, for uh, um, your thoughts on that, do you guys think that Northwestern can actually get out and run? I know uh, we keep talking about it this year, but, I mean, they were obviously one of the slowest teams in the conference. Uh, Jason, do you think they actually can get out and run? Right now, are they ready to get out and run? Transition? I don't think so. And they, they have those young legs, but I don't think they have – the offensive continuity or movement to try and transition on teams. Every now and then I bet you'll see Vic Law or uh, Jershon Cobb beat someone down the floor and throw down a dunk, but otherwise, no, I think it's still going to be half-court offense. All right. Uh, Alex, what do you think about that? you think they actually can run? No. Every coach, I feel like, says that, you know, we're going to run more, we're going to open it up, we're going to play at a higher tempo in the preseason. Um, I feel like Collins actually did try to do that a little bit last year, realized it didn't work, and, you know, slowed it down to a really, like, a glacial tempo. Um, I think that's my, that might be what you see again this year. Um, as was alluded to earlier, they have a really weak 
non-conference schedule so they can run against, uh, you know, those guarantee games, so to speak. But um, once they get into league play, they won't be able to run. And I think he's just paying lip service to it now and just, you know, um, hopefully building towards it in the future. But, yeah, they're not going to be able to run very well this year. Uh, Jeremy, do you think they can run? Um, if they want to leave their entire front court on the other end of the floor, yeah. I think, like, half their team um, has the sort of athleticism to do it, but the uh, the big guys do not. Um, pretty much any of their players that are above 6'5 just can't do it. Um, I, I just can't see Ola making it down the court in less than half a minute. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think All the running right. um, is <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, but um, I, overall, um, yeah, I think I think um, you can go ahead and uh, figure um, Northwestern to place ahead of Rutgers, but I don't think they'll uh, be as fortunate as they were last year in finishing ahead of Purdue. Um, I'd be surprised if Northwestern was above 12th this year. So, uh, well, yeah, a little bit worse than last year. All right. Um, I'm a little bit uh, higher on them than you guys, I guess. Uh, I had them 11th, um, right behind Maryland. I'm pretty down on them. but uh, And above Purdue, um, Penn State and Rutgers I had last. But uh, I, I think this team, um, I think they've shown if you can – they're going to play their style, and I think it's going to disrupt a lot of teams. And I think they're going to, like just like they did last year, they're going to catch some people off guard um, with that defense – um, sort of that smothering style. I'm with you guys. I don't think they're going to run. I think they're going to try it a couple times, and frankly, I just think it's going to smash them in the face, and they're just not going to do it. Um, but I do I do think they're going to knock off some wins, um, it's particularly against those bottom teams, and I think um, probably an upset, may, maybe two upsets. But, um, yeah, the offense, hopefully uh, – Maybe McIntosh can be the guy to uh, get them some shooting. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not totally sold on the shooting. Um, like I said before, they take a ton of attempts. They don't hit on a lot of attempts. Um, so, I mean, maybe maybe one of the new recruits can step up there or, you know, maybe someone improved on the offseason. But uh, as long as you have, um, you know, if you have Lumpkin out there and stuff like that, I just I struggle to see how they're going to get the shooting to really hang with those top teams, um, unless of course Ola becomes a, you know, a beast down low or something. Um, I think he'll improve. I'm not sure he'll be that good, but uh, yeah, I see them around 11th. I think they'll be relatively competitive in most of the games, but um, yeah, probably just uh, lose the games at the end. Um, but yeah, uh, any of you guys have any final thoughts on either uh, Northwestern, Nebraska, um, anything else? Uh, Jason, go ahead. <laughs> um, I'll just throw in a quick side note. I'm going to watch in the coming days. Uh, Chris Emma, a reporter over at uh, Wildcat Digest, Northwestern's 24-7 site, tweeted that uh, news is expected to come soon on Aaron Pelzon, a recruit Northwestern's pursuing supposedly he's down to Northwestern Harvard. It's a four-star power forward out of Massachusetts, I believe. Um, really mm-hmm. Really, the type of recruit Chris Collins is looking for, like a stretch forward um, guy who's athletic, who can shoot the ball, and also play a little bit in the post. Um, just that'll be big news when he announces uh, where he's going. Should be soon too. 
Yeah, just just I guess just to tap into that for a second. Um, do you do you think Chris Collins is going to be able to keep getting these top recruits and really keep bringing them? Um, if I top top recruits, you mean like the ones he's getting right now? Then yes. Yeah, yeah, four star I don't expect <laughs> him to leak into like grabbing five stars or top thirty, top fifty guys in the nation. Um, but he's done a fantastic job so far recruiting the Chicago area. Uh, one guy we haven't mentioned is Scotty Lindsay, a freshman this year, probably won't get a lot of play, but he's from Fenwick, which is uh, in the Chicago area. Vic Laws from the Chicago area. Um, Skelly and McIntosh, both from Indiana. So he's doing a great job in the Midwest. Uh, he's finding guys that can fit the system he wants to play with. Um, so a couple more years, and we'll see where he can take this team. They're definitely a couple years away from contention in the Big Ten. Okay. Um, Alex, any final thoughts on uh, Nebraska, Northwestern, Big Ten, whatever? (laughs) I mean, not really. I feel like we've uh, covered everything pretty well. Um, Obviously, Northwestern is going to struggle. I do think Collins is the right coach for the job. Um, I know the Coach K coaching tree is, like, startlingly bare for the most part. But, uh, you know, I, from what I've seen so far, I really like him and like what he can do there. Obviously, the recruiting is the biggest thing. Um, and as for Nebraska, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I, I really hope that they can keep 10 miles long term. I think, you know, give him, you know, another half decade or so, and he'll be mentioned right among that uh, top tier of Big Ten coaches. He's already done such a tremendous job there. Okay. Um, Jeremy, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, Northwestern and Nebraska are both um, teams to watch over the next uh, couple of years. Uh, Tim Miles has done a fantastic job on the recruiting trail in the 2015 class, um, has a couple of four-stars there. Uh, I do see um, – excuse me. I do see uh, Falzon, um committing to uh, Northwestern here in the coming days. I do know that Tommy Amaker does have it going on up there in Cambridge. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, but I think Falzon's coming to the Big Ten. Um, if that's the case, then I think uh, you are going to see both Tim Miles and Chris Collins as sort of the new faces of the Big Ten, especially when uh, Chris Collins gets Northwestern into the tournament for the very first time. All right, bold prediction here to to finish it up. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think both of them. Obviously, they're both exciting coaches. They've at least shown promise so far. Um, I tend to agree with uh, Alex here. I think I think Tim Miles is just a great coach. Um, I really, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm worried that someone's going to take him um, in the next couple years. Uh, from everything I've heard and seen, it seems like he wants to stay there, and I think a big part of that is Nebraska working on their facilities um, to try to stay an attractive job. Um, we'll see, but I I really think, you know, if one of those uh, – I guess nobody nobody's really open at the moment, but, um, you know, if one of those UCLA or Kentucky or Duke or, you know, one of those blue blood programs go after him, um, obviously none of those jobs are open now, but uh, – um, but yeah, I think that uh, that'd be a scary thought if I'm a Nebraska fan. But uh, right now, I think he's got it going on. Um, Collins, some excitement. Um, I still, I still want to see a little bit more before I really buy in. Um, 
obviously they he didn't have a ton to start with, but uh, I kind of this year I think is going to be an important one just to um, see some pro some more progress. Um, obviously, there's some some more building to do, uh, as we keep saying, but uh, yeah, they could be a they could be an interesting team long term. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's about uh, about it. Um, went through Nebraska and Northwestern here. Um, thank you guys for calling in. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys did. Um, just a reminder, uh, Jason, he, uh, he writes over for Inside NU, which is our SB Nation Northwestern site. Uh, Jeremy's on uh, BT Powerhouse with us, um, covering recruiting. Once in a while he'll dabble into, uh, the regular basketball coverage. <laughs> and, uh, Alex is between, between sites. Um, Right, yeah, I believe yeah. that's what you said. I'm hoping to get something up by the start of basketball season. Right now, I'm uh, just on Twitter at Alex Cook six one six. But yeah, I've been working on some stuff, and hopefully, it'll be ready for the season. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so definitely check out all three of those guys. Some interesting stuff, um, depending on what teams you like, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's our podcast for this week. Uh, thanks again, guys, for calling in. Thanks everybody who listened. Um, next week we'll be back with, uh, geez, I don't even, I'm not even sure who's next. Uh, moving on. I think it was, uh, Indiana and Illinois. Was it? I thought Indiana was higher. Um, yeah, as as a reminder, it was, uh, these are the conference records over the last five years. Um, it's kind of funny, but Nebraska's probably going to be stuck down here for a, uh, for a little bit. Um, (laughs) they had a, uh, pretty rough record before, um. Tim Miles got there. But, yeah, but anyway, next week, um, oh, here we go. It's Iowa and Minnesota next. Um, oh, wow. It's crazy. It's crazy Iowa's that low. But, um, but yeah, anyway, um, thanks for calling in, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. All right, later on. All right, thanks.